Welcome to another episode of the Jets Cast, inspired by Milo Time. Daryl Kessler flying solo here as Mitch Epner is off doing the important business of saving the world, no doubt. Um, so, going to do a quick episode here, recapping the Jets' loss slash win over Kansas City this past weekend. Um, but as always on Jets Cast, inspired by Milo Time, I want to start with a quick. Milo Jets story. I'm going to take us all the way back to 2010 when the Jets made a their last run into the playoffs. And in that playoff run, the Jets beat Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts on the road. And their next game in the playoffs was again on the road in New England against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And it seems like an impossible thing now to imagine that in 2010, the Jets played and beat in consecutive games on the road in the playoffs, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and the Colts and the Patriots. But that's exactly what the Jets did. And the reason that this is a great Milo story is for the second of those two games, the game against New England, Alana and I were with Max and Milo at our dear friends, Julie and Pat, at their house in Massachusetts. And Julie and Pat have two kids, Hannah and James. And James is a sports fanatic, just as Max and Milo are. And James is a Patriots fan, and certainly was at the time every bit as big a Patriots fan as Max and Milo were Jet fans. At that time, James was about 12, Max was about 10, and Milo maybe had just turned seven or eight. Um, So before the game started, Alana and I had to sit the boys down and just say, listen, we're guests in the Reardon's home and your favorite football team is playing James's favorite football team. You're probably going to watch just on your own. You probably don't want to watch with us adults, but you have to be respectful to each other. And being respectful will pay off because almost certainly the Patriots are going to win this game. And if you're respectful during the course of the game on the rare possibility that the Jets will do something well, um, maybe James will take mercy on you when the Patriots eventually win this game. Well, the Jets completely flipped the script. Mark Sanchez in his second year as the Jets quarterback led the Jets to a totally improbable win in New England. And I remember after the game, privately speaking to the boys and just saying, I want to know how things went with James. I hope you were respectful to your friend. And he said, they said, yeah, everything was absolutely fine. No problem at all. We were respectful to him early. And then we thought we would have to hope that he was respectful to us later, but the Jets won the game. So we were respectful to him later as well. And James didn't take it great, um, but um, certainly it's hard to feel bad for a lifelong Patriots fan as compared to a lifelong Jets fan. But um, ultimately it did nothing to spoil the weekend, certainly for our boys. And I think uh, the boys had a really good time together, even watching that game, even though they were rooting for different teams. That's my Milo and Max Jets story uh, to start this episode of the Jets cast sponsored, inspired by Milo time. So this past weekend, Jets, 23-20, lose to Kansas City. But much to be optimistic about in the game. Uh, For those of you who didn't watch the game or haven't heard about it, 
the Jets were down 17-0 at the end of the first quarter. And at that time, I was thinking that the likely final score would be something like 41-3, to 38-6, something like that. But the Jets, as they did all the way back in 2010, flipped the script a little bit. And the great news was that the Jets showed a lot of fight. Down 17-0 at the end of the first quarter, worked it back to 20-12 to at the half, actually tied the game, 20-all, ended up losing 23-20. But, as I said, much to be... Maybe optimistic is too strong a word, but much to give hope that there is something there with this team that can make it a good NFL team this season capable of beating other good NFL teams. That's as far as I'm going to go as a Jets fan. But the big news, of course, was Zach Wilson and the Jets offensive line. So on the last couple of episodes of the Jets cast inspired by Milo time, I've made very clear that we have to see something from Nathaniel Hackett the Jets offensive coordinator in terms of building a game plan. And then we have to see something from Zach Wilson in the offensive line implementing that game plan. And that went extremely well. There's no disputing that at all. Uh, Zach Wilson looked like an NFL quarterback. The game plan looked like a proper game plan for Zach Wilson as an NFL quarterback. And the offensive line gave Zach plenty of time to throw the ball. Starting backwards on that list of three. Uh, The offensive line graded out absolutely fine, and overall, including run and pass blocking, according to PFF, the Jets' offensive line over the last two weeks has been a top-five offensive line in all of football. I think that at least this past week, the eye test suggests that might be true, that the Jets may have an offensive line that is not bad and may even be pretty good. Um, Second, in terms of of Zach Wilson. Uh, He was decisive. Either they reduced the number of progressions he had to go through before he threw, or he made it through them in proper time. And it looked to this uneducated eye like he made mostly good decisions. No question about the arm strength. And I think that he acquitted himself very, very well. We'll get back to some details of the game later in the podcast. But Overall, I give Zach Wilson a very good grade. I think he threw the ball well, made good decisions, made quick decisions, helped his offensive line by getting rid of the football. And lastly, the game plan goes hand in hand with Zach's performance. A lot of short drops, a lot of quicker reads, a lot of quick releases. And very importantly, although the yardage total wasn't great, Zach Wilson got the ball into the hands of his most talented receivers. By far, the leading receiver on the team was second-year sensation Garrett Wilson. And even if this week Garrett didn't break one, if you keep feeding him the ball six, seven, eight, nine times a game, good things will happen. He'll make the quarterback look good, and eventually he'll break one. His route running is absolutely phenomenal. And I give props to Nathaniel Hackett. The game plan was good. The blocking was good. Zach Wilson looked good. I have no complaints on that front. Um, One other mention, talked about the offensive line. Looks like they finally settled with Becton at one tackle and Vera Tucker at the other tackle, Um, Tomlinson and the rookie Tipman at the guards and McGovern at the center. 
it's just incredible that they draft this kid Tipman as a center and he's grading out as one of the best guards in football right now. But the other thing that's great is Becton is healthy so far. Let's not forget how important that is to the Jets. Having him at tackle and Vera Tucker at tackle, your two most athletic offensive linemen potentially on the outside of the offensive line, just huge. And I think this offensive line is going to get better as these guys settle into those positions, communicating with one another. And again, Tipman, an absolute revelation at guard. And I'm very bullish on the Jets' offensive line. Also have to mention tight end Jeremy Ruckert in his second year from Ohio State. Long Island boy from uh, Lindenhurst, uh, from Lindenhurst, South Shore of Long Island. And I believe, I want to say that although she was born in Greenpoint in Brooklyn, I want to say that Pat Benatar grew up in Lindenhurst. I know that Joy Behar was a teacher in Lindenhurst, and I believe Pat Benatar grew up there. I wonder if Joy Behar ever taught Pat Benatar. Anyway, I'm getting far afield here. Jeremy Ruckert from Lindenhurst, phenomenal blocking as far as I could see. Um, There's much more I don't know about blocking than I do know, but it did look like on a number of occasions, Ruckert was helping on pass blocking and on Brees Hall's big run during the game, I saw Ruckert downfield making a big block. He looked very athletic and mobile and I didn't see his blocking grades anywhere. I guess I could have looked them up, but I suspect that they were good and the Jets may really have something with him assisting the offensive line on both run and pass blocking. So hats off to Jeremy Ruckert as well. Um, on defense, um, you know, I give the defense a solid grade. I think it took a little while for them to get their legs under them. It looked like Kansas City was going to march all over the Jets when they were up 17-0 at the end of the first quarter. Um, Isaiah Pacheco ran wild against the Jets, it's fair to admit, but they did induce two Patrick Mahomes interceptions, really three. Um, I guess we can talk a little bit about the game right now. A couple of big moments in the game. The Jets were driving, game was 20-20, and Zach Wilson fumbled a shotgun snap. Um, It's a physical mistake. It happens sometimes. I can't hold that too strongly against Zach Wilson. Better than a poor read on a pass or poor decision-making on a pass physical error, trying to get back quickly and make a throw, fumble, it does happen. I think it's important, I don't want to read too much into it, that unlike last year, when asked if he felt that the offense could have done more to support the chances of the team winning, he notoriously said no in a post-game interview. This time he was asked about the fumble. And again, I don't put a lot of stock in this stuff because some of this is just media coaching, but his immediate response was, I cost the team the game. I can't fumble that ball. No doubt that's not true. He did not cost the team the game. It was a big fumble, but I think it's a sign of maturity for Zach Wilson that there were no interceptions, the fumble was a physical and not mental mistake, and that he took ownership of it. And I think that that's important. Again, don't want to overstate it, but I think that that's important. Um, Other thing I have to mention was the officiating in the game in both directions and fairness. You know, I said to... Our older son, Max, I can't believe that Sauce Gardner was called for pass interference late in that game on a Jets interception. It would have been their third interception of Patrick Mahomes. 
And then just, I think it was a play or two before that, or maybe it was even on the same play, that the Kansas City wasn't called for holding Jermaine Johnson, who was rushing Mahomes. And those were two, in my mind, terrible calls. But Max very fairly pointed out that the Jets may well have been gifted a safety earlier in the game. It certainly looked on replay that the face mask from the Kansas City offensive line started outside the end zone, so it shouldn't have been counted as a safety. And it also certainly looked like the Jets were gifted a horse collar penalty earlier in the game as well, which really helped them continue a drive. Um, So some really questionable officiating calls, they stand out more when they come late in the game. And the timing of the flag on Sauce Gardner was weird. I think it's a 50-50 call, whether it's pass interference, but it almost looked like the NBA, as Sauce himself noted, that the flag wasn't thrown until after the ball was intercepted, like a few seconds after the alleged penalty occurred. That's really weird in the NFL and kind of made me wonder why the flag was thrown at that time. And that really, really hurt because that allowed Kansas City to come down, kick the field goal, which ended up being the final score in the game and win the game 23-20. to um, I want to talk quickly about the defense. The Jets have a superstar on defense. His name is Quincy Williams. It's amazing how much of the run-stopping runs through Quincy Williams as he flies all over the field. I remember when he first started playing for the Jets, um, he was just known as Quinnen Williams' brother, and he was such a small linebacker. I think he probably weighs around 220. And now it seems that the NFL might be heading in that direction. Certainly the NFL is now a speed league, but the idea, even a couple of years ago when he started playing for the Jets at about 225 pounds, it seemed crazy to have a linebacker that size playing basically every down for you. And now I think it's becoming, I think it's becoming the norm in the NFL. And certainly for the Jets, Quincy Williams is a perfect fit. I think he had 13 tackles in the game and he's just flying all over the field. I think he had two tackles for losses and just a phenomenal, phenomenal football player and sometimes maligned. But I have to mention also CJ Mosley played a great game too. both Jets linebackers who they rely on to really be the heart of the defense, played really, really well after the first quarter. After the first quarter, it's fair to say. But I think the Jet defense is in good shape. I think Isaiah Whitehead had a tough game in the secondary. Certainly Sauce Gardner was phenomenal. Sometimes, like it was with Darrell Rivas, it's hard to tell because teams tend to not throw at them. But DJ Reed had another good game at cornerback. Anytime... You hold Patrick Mahomes to one touchdown pass, and he's got more interceptions than touchdown passes. You've done your work. So there was plenty to be happy about at the Jets game. Of course, the ultimate result leaves them at one and three, and that leaves us focused on the schedule upcoming. This week, Denver Broncos must win game. Denver was way behind the lowly Chicago Bears last Sunday before coming back Russell Wilson drinking from the fountain of youth and leading the Broncos to a win. They'll be feeling pretty good about themselves this week, too. And, of course, the Broncos are looking at their schedule, seeing the Jets coming to town and saying, that's a game we have to win and we expect to win. So the Jets can all, we Jet fans want, look at that schedule and say, that's a game we've got to count as a win. The Broncos are saying the same thing. I do think that the Jets go into this game with a sense of optimism. I think that they can watch film of that Bears game and see lots of 
limitations on that Broncos team. I think that the first two and a half, three quarters might look to the Jets more like the real Broncos than the way they performed late against a collapsing Bears team. And I'm optimistic the Jets can win this game because this is the essential stretch of the Jets' schedule. The Jets have the Broncos, then the Eagles, which of course will be really, really difficult, but then the Giants, Chargers, and Raiders. And for anyone who watched the Giants' Monday night game, I'm sorry. Um, That was a true Jets-style debacle. Um, So with the Broncos, Eagles, Giants, Chargers, and Raiders, ideally, the Jets can win four of those games. Even if they were to win three of those games, the Jets would come out of their first nine at four and five and be in shape for a run at a playoff spot. Again, I know that when teams see the Jets on their schedule, they are thinking the same thing. I'm not foolish enough to think that we Jet fans are the only ones who look at the schedule and say, oh, that's a winnable game. We got that one. Because there's no team that other teams like to see more in their schedule than the Jets. But I do think that those are winnable games for the Jets, um, with the exception almost certainly of the Eagles game. So again, I can see a scenario that's not far-fetched, I think, where the Jets are three, uh, I'm sorry, four and five at the end of nine and primed to make a little bit of a run into a playoff spot. The keys for the game against Denver, it's not going to be any different than it was against Kansas City. The Jets need to not turn the ball over. What team in NFL history has ever not had that in its game plan? They need to have, um, I don't mind a pass-heavy offense, I think that they were underutilizing Brees Hall in the game, probably because they fell behind 17-0 early. I think they can try to run the ball a little bit more in the Denver game, certainly early. Um, But the key is going to be, can the offensive line protect Zach? Can Zach make quick decisions? Do we see a lot of quick dropbacks and quick releases? And do we see Zach getting through his progressions and not end up scrambling around making S turns in the backfield as he tries to avoid a rush and slinging the ball downfield. One, two, three, get through your progressions. If nothing's there, check down or throw it away. And I think we'll know a lot about how this game is going to go based on what we see in the first quarter. We have two teams, Denver and the Jets, who both had in their own ways good performances last weekend. The Broncos ended up in a win. The Jets didn't. But I think they're both coming into this game with optimism, and I think it's going to be really important for the Jets to get out early on the road in this game, because if they fall behind, the Denver crowd can get behind this Denver team, and Zach can start feeling the pressure, feeling the need to win the game on his own, and that can be a recipe for an ugly decision, for an ugly result. So I'm optimistic. Again, I don't make predictions, but I'm optimistic. Last thing I want to mention on this episode of Jets Cast Inspired by Milo Time, Mitch Epner couldn't be here, but Mitch, you won our bet as we were both watching the game in our respective homes. We were keeping track of the Taylor Swift sightings after the opening whistle, and my total was nine. I never got the final number from you. I know we were both at eight at the same time. I only saw one more, and Zach had almost 30 completions, so you won our bet. And your glass bottle of Coca-Cola is sitting on my recording studio table for when you rejoin me on the Jets cast 
next week. Well, that is all for the Jets cast inspired by Milo Time for this week. Hope to have a happy recap, in the words of Bob Murphy, next week. But of course, as always, be sure to join me with a very special guest this Saturday night, Sunday, Saturday midnight, uh, on our, our regular episode of Milo Time. And of course, always visit us on the Instagram page for Milo Time Podcast, at Milo Time Podcast. Mm-hmm. 